0: Let's, uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just are just so grateful, Father, that you are our daily bread. God, we just, uh, we thank you, God, that you are in, the, in our midst, Lord. I pray, God, that uh, you would just take this broken vessel of, of yours, God, uh, take this little and just, uh, you would just bless it and break it, Lord God, and that it would be, uh, be a blessing to, to somebody here listening here in the sanctuary or online. God, I pray that you would just, uh, somebody might need to be saved here today, somebody's life needs to have an encounter with the living God, and I pray that you would just anoint the word, and that would go forth with power, with clarity, and with conviction, and we ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people say, amen, amen. Um, <clears throat> turn, turn with me to, to the, uh, the gospel of, uh, of St. Mark, chapter six, as we pick up... Uh, in our series, Let's Go. And I'll be reading uh, verses 30 through uh, 44. Mark 6, 30 through 44. And I've titled this message, "He, He Doesn't Need Much. And I'll say it again, He Doesn't Need Much. It says, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while for many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat and they went away in the the boat to a desolate place by themselves now many saw them going and recognized them and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them when he went ashore he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them Because they were like sheep without a shepherd and began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place and hours late. Send them away to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy them something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by the fifties. And taking the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took the 12 baskets full of broken pieces of, and of the fish, and those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. And we'll stop the reading there. Back in uh, 2015, um, down in Glendale, Arizona, it was Super Bowl 49. Uh, it was the Patriots against uh, uh, the defending champions, uh, Seattle Seahawks, where my brother Jason Johnson will probably remember this vividly. As a Seahawks fan, the game was uh, uh, was back and forth. Uh, it was a it was a great game, and uh, it came down to the final minutes of the game. And uh, the 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 the, uh, the Seahawks were were basically on the on the goal line. They're getting ready to punch it in. They got Marshawn Lynch in the backfield, so everybody's anticipating him getting the ball to punch it in. But there, were, there something went awry, and uh, Ru- Russell Wilson throws the ball. And uh, the ball's intercepted by Malcolm Butler. Nobody knew who Malcolm Butler was, but that, that changed him. He was an undrafted, unnamed rookie from, uh, from a, a little town in Alabama. But that play changed his life, changed his career. And just like Malcolm Butler, this little boy that offered what he had, the little that he had cha- changed changed his life, and he was a blessing to other people. And so just to kind of give you the context of what's going on, basically Jesus, he's at the Sea of Galilee. So he's, the, he's at the apex of his ministry. And, uh, you know, people are, you know, they're crowding, they're crowds following him. You know, there's scholars that believe probably up, up to twenty to 25,000 people. So he, he departs on a boat with his disciples. They're tired. You know, he's, he has one of those getaway moments. He wants to get some solitude. And what, what uh, so they, they end up going out on the, on the, the Sea of Galilee and departing. And uh, as they leave, all the crowds see him and they anticipate. And so they go on the other side of the, the, the northern side of the Sea of Galilee. And they beat him there, as the text says. And what, and what does he do? You know, I know what I would do. You know, I'm tired. I'm weary. I'm trying to get away. But what does Jesus do? He He has compassion. He has compassion on, them. and that's that's my point number one, is that uh, that that uh, you know don't you love uh, interruptions? Don't you? A lot of times when we're we're seeking to get away, a lot of times we experience God sent interruptions in our life, and we see that here in the text is that Jesus is trying to get away. The disciples they're trying to get away. As as Pastor Gary talked about, you know uh, the heat is on, persecution's on. Um, jo- you know John the Baptist was was uh, beheaded. Um, You know, there's, uh, you know, the the religious leaders are after Jesus. And so what does he call them to retreat? And and what happens? Jesus says, I I see them as sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. So his life was disrupt, even in his disruptions, God shows up. And that's a word for us too. A lot of times we see God move even in our interruptions. God sent interruptions. And so my first point is um, he had compassion on them even in, in, in the midst of their interruptions. And, and, and the Bible says that they were sheep without a shepherd. And the, what are the characteristics of sheep? They're dumb. They're, they're defenseless. And they're directionless. You know, and that's, he's not just saying it, saying it to the crowds. He's saying that to you and I. That we, we don't always make the right decisions. We, we don't always know where to go. But we have a God that does. And he gives us direction when we ask him, you know, even when we don't know what to do, he he will speak to us and what, what, where to go. And also he's, he is our refuge and our strength. He is our strong tower, but we have to call on him. And, and and just like he did with the crowd with Jesus was, he calls us to have the same mindset in terms of how we look out to other people. As he saw those, those, those sheep without a shepherd. We have to have the, the, the same lenses and see, see others as, as he sees us. You know, and how we look out. It's just not only our vertical relationship with God, but it's also our horizontal relationship with God. And, and, and as we're tethered to God, he will give us the eyes to see, as he did with Jesus and the disciples as they were able to see the needs of other people. And he's doing that, doing that with us as well. And then my second point is just that... Uh, as the text says in verse 37, he said, but he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? So you can imagine, you know, the disciples, you know, Jesus is putting it back on them. He always asks, asks a question. He always tells them what, something to do, you know. And so it's always an impossible task, right, in their own finite minds. And a lot of times he'll do that with us. He'll ask us to do something that just doesn't make sense. But just like Nike, you just do it. Just do it. So even if it doesn't make sense, you just do it. You know, and and, uh, just like he told the disciples that they were in a a remote place, a desolate place. We see that in in scripture when when we see something repeated, that's usually important. And we see that that Jesus said, the the Bible says it was a desolate place. It was in a remote space. It was away from the town. So there was nowhere for them to go. And that's a word for somebody here today. That they might be in a remote space. They might be away for something, but God's going to show up in your life. I don't know who I'm talking to, somebody listening online or here in the sanctuary. That that's, It's a setup. God's getting ready to set you up to do something in your life. But we have to listen to God. We have to obey him. And as he asked the disciples, he told them, he commanded them. It wasn't a suggestion. God is not in the suggesting business, so He's He's in the commandment business. He doesn't give suggestions. When God tells you to something, it's said. We we do it. You know, we don't we don't we don't ask questions. We don't deliberate with God. You know, we see the disciples. They they were they. You know, just like I'm a sales guy, so you know it's you know you see the objections, right? Jesus, you're tripping. You know, you're in a remote space. We ain't we ain't got that type of money. How how is this gonna happen? But what did, he, what did he say? Just go do it. And then thirdly, um, he asked us to bring everything that, anything that we have. And I'll say that again. He asked us to bring him all that we had. And he said, verse 38, he says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said five and two fish. So he, he asked them to take inventory, to survey the crowds. And that's a word for us, is that we, we should look inwardly about what God, what God has put in us. Take an inventory of what he's put in you, because God's worked something in you, and he wants you to work it out. And so, you know, this, this, little, this little boy, all he had was just his lunchbox. Something so insignificant, but the disciples got, he was able to bring it to Jesus, and God, God blessed it. The little that he had. And that's a word for somebody in this house. Somebody might seem like their life is insignificant. Uh, What can I give to God? But he can take it and bless it and break it. He can take the little, whatever time that you might have. You're you're asking, how do I have, I don't have enough time in the day to serve God. Maybe God's saying to somebody that needs to start tithing. You know, yeah, I don't have enough money to tithe. But God's saying, just give it to me, and I will break it and bless it. I don't have any gifts. Somebody's, asking, somebody's saying to God, I like, how can you use me? And we see that in the Bible just time and time and time again. Just like, just like you know, at the walls of Jericho, God told him just to, to, to walk around the, the walls of Jericho six times and on the seventh day just to, to blow the trumpets. That sounds like a crazy strategy. A crazy strategy, but that's a lot of times when we listen to God, though, he will always come through. But we have to listen to him. We have to obey him. And we have to offer what we have in the little that we have, and he will break it and bless it. And then fourthly, he can bring a blessing from what is broken. And I'll say that again. He can bring blessing from what is broken. In verse 41, it says, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and, and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. You know, if we, you know if we, if, as the youngsters say, we, if we keep it real, all of us have different brokenness. And if we go around the room, all of us have different areas of our life that don't, that don't align with God. You know, maybe our finances are broken. Maybe there's marriages that's, that's fractured right now in this house. Maybe your relationship with your kids is off. Maybe your kids aren't acting right. All of us have different brokenness. All of us have pockets of emptiness. And God is calling us to bring it to him because he wants to take it and bless it and break it and use it. And we see that all throughout scripture. You know, God used a a, a prostitute to bring forth Jesus Christ in that lineage. We see Rahab, that Jesus came through through the lineage of Rahab. And God wants to use our brokenness, whatever brokenness we have. A lot of times we, in the church, when you've been around the church, a lot of people want to hide. You know, you, you, you want to allow people to see, you know, the front room, but not your, your garage. You know, how dirty your garage is, you know. But God wants to get into your garage. He wants to get in the crevices of your life. He wants to take it and bless it and break it. And then lastly... He multiplies what we put in his hands. He multiplies what we put in his hands. Now we see that in verse 42. It says, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were, were 5,000 men. And we know that it was just in those days, it was just they were recorded just, just the men. But we know that it was women and children. It was probably the counts of probably up to 20, 25,000 people. But God, if we offer what he, the little that we have, God can take it and multiply it just like he did with them. And it was a greater spiritual truth. And I don't know who I'm speaking to, but there's something that God is calling you to give to him. And he can take it and multiply it, but you got to bring it to him. You got to bring it to Jesus and put it in his hands. Put your marriage in his hands, put your job in his hands. Put the ministry that God's put in in his hands. And it's all about whose hands you put it in. It's like a ball. You know, you put put the basketball in Michael Jordan's hand, something happens. You put the golf club in in Tiger Woods' hand, something happens. It's all about whose hands it is that we put it in. And Jesus is calling us to put it in his hands. It's all about whose hands it is. Jesus is calling to put us in, in his hands. So I don't know if somebody today that's listening here in the sanctuary online that God's called you to put it in his hands, whatever that is, that little that you can offer, just like that boy that, that uh, just brought all he had. He just brought a, a little bit. But God can take that little bit and multiply it and bless it. Now, I remember uh, a few years back, we used to go out um, uh, to Oakland, to West Oakland every year, um, part of a, a nonprofit uh, and feed the homeless and it was uh we used to go there annually uh for thanksgiving uh and we would we basically go out and uh, this particular year we we actually uh one of the brothers his dad had an rv one of them big rvs it wasn't a pretty rv by the way but it was a big rv and it uh we were able to to prepare uh thanksgiving meals in the rv and we ended up parking right uh in west oakland uh right near uh if you guys are familiar some of you guys uh near st vincent de paul we didn't realize the the crowds that were going to that we're going to come. But we just, God told us just to go there. And, uh, you know, we, we gave out, there was, there was hundreds of, uh, of people that were coming around the RV and we're, as we were handing out, uh, Thanksgiving plates. And, uh, we didn't realize with all those people, we, we ended up running out of food just really fast. And so we were, we, it was kind of chaotic. We didn't know what we were doing, kind of, you know, we were kind of deliberating and, uh, as we were deliberating, we were you know, in a panic. We didn't know what we were gonna do. So, uh, a family shows up with a, uh, just a, a, a car full of burritos. And, uh, and, and they, they came over to us and they said, God told us to come here. And as we were deliberating, God had already sent, sent the provision. So I, I'm here to tell somebody right now, God is getting ready to send provision in your life. He's gonna send rain in your life. But we gotta we got go out, we gotta go do God's will. And as this series, as we're walking through the, the, through, the, through the gospel of Mark, we see that, that it's a series about let's go, we gotta go. God has not called us to just have these holy huddles that we're getting filled up, but it's, it's time for us to go out of that, to go out there, to, to, to go out and be, be, be followers of Jesus out in the world that so desperately needs him. And so it was a word for us just says we trust God as we just listen to him. He always has provision. He has, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we can ask or even imagine. But it's listening to him. It's obeying him and trusting him. And he will always work it out, just like he did in this, uh, this text. So uh, as we close, there might be somebody here listening that's, that's, uh, that's never trusted Jesus. And in the parallel passage in John, John 6, Jesus says, I'm the bread of life. So if you come to me, you'll never, never go hungry again. So that 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 he was telling them, I'm the bread of life, just like he was pointing back to, to the wilderness when he provided manna for his people every day. Every day. And God does the same today. And there's somebody that might need to, that needs the bread of life. That's never accepted him as Savior and Lord. And he's, he's available then, he's, he's available now. And so I just want to pray, and uh, for those that are online or here here in the sanctuary, Heavenly Father, I just uh, just so thankful, Father, for your Word, God. We know it's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, God. We know that you are the bread of life, God. That that anybody that that uh, that comes comes to you will never hunger, God. And I just uh, I'm just so grateful for you, Father, that that we, we can come to you. You beckon us to come to you. We don't have to go away from you, but you said, come to me. And God, I just pray that, uh, that somebody here that's listening to this word or online, God, that's never trusted you as a savior and Lord, God, that they would just they would bow the knee now. God, it, as the Bible says, those that, that hear your voice would never harden their hearts. Because tomorrow is not promised, God. There's many that, uh, that won't wake up, God. Tomorrow, God, and it's the day you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Father, and I just pray for somebody that that hears your word, that they wouldn't harden their heart. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. As we transition, um, as the text was, you know, talking about Jesus is the bread of life, it's a great segue to uh, Communion Sunday. That, uh, you know, later in Mark, Jesus, uh, with his disciples in the upper room, he uh, was foreshadowing his death. So let's, let's all stand. If you guys can get your elements, to we prepare to take communion. So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he gave it, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and saying, this is the new covenant. My blood, do this whenever you drink in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God.
1: the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From the King to Thank you So It's been you Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Amen.
0: And now for the benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. You are sent.
1: Amen.